good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever it is that you are hearing my voice. It is that time of the week again. Welcome to another episode of the Apple Tech Facts. I am your host, Josh Line, and joined as always with me, Mr. Brilliant himself, Seth Cruz. How you doing today, sir? Hey, man. Doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, that's good, man. You know, I'm a little bit under the weather. Uh, got caught a little bit of a chest cold and, and a head cold at the same time being Ooh. outside in my hoodie yep. and not a heavy enough jacket when the weather turned. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll be all right, you know, and always do, you know, get through it. So uh, ju- got a pretty good one for you guys uh, tonight. With the holiday season uh, right around the corner, full swing, I should say, and everybody's, I imagine that at the top of everybody's wish list is going to be home security systems or smart home and getting into that uh, level of the Apple ecosystem. Uh, that's our deep dive for tonight. But as far as your quick news rundown, uh, if you are a user for the WhatsApp, in iOS, you can now add it to be a default feature where messages will disappear and you can have uh, a setting in there that will give you multiple durations so i don't know if it's after five minutes two minutes 30 days or whatnot but for you whatsapp users that'll be a nice little uh feature for you apple's mixed reality headset um is pretty much confirmed we know it's coming at this point it hasn't been confirmed with apple but they are going to be making the next hardware device a mixed reality device so it's going to be ar vr and uh, normal reality and the focus of it is going to be for vr gaming uh, media purposes and communication so i i think you know those like i said on a few episodes ago that those internet chat cafes that we used to log into when in the <laughs> mid 90s are going to make a comeback just yes. in a different form and i think it's i think it's awesome anyways but uh, yeah i think i think the the thing that i find kind of tantalizing if that's a good word for that is that really apple's intention in 10 years is to actually replace the phone with the glasses i think that's really their speculation and i think that's spot on i i don't think that apple has come out and said that's our game plan right but if you look at the if you look at the at the cell phone market with the blackberry and stuff before the iphone they really changed things up by introducing it's a phone it's a media player and it's an internet browser it's a phone right and boom 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 and all of a sudden everybody had that so the next big leap for that would be to have the display be in glasses and get rid of the phone in the sense that we have it today so i really think that if they can pull this off it would definitely be a shift for the technology shift for the entire industry the question will be, can they make them light enough and good enough? And one of the things that I think maybe, Josh, you, you probably have read about this, but there's talk that they want to use the same processor, the M1, that's in a lot of the newer Apple Silicon, some flavor of it, right, in in the 
the glasses, the AR headsets, because nothing up to this point has been powerful enough from a processor perspective to do the processing that would be required in, in glasses. They were all talking about it basically running off of your phone, but now with the introduction of the M1 chip, the Apple Silicon, the talk is that they could actually plug that right into the into the glasses. What do you think of that? Yep, I think you're right on the money. I think it, especially with them announcing that uh, TSMC is going to be, has already started testing the 3M mm-hmm. chip, Mm-hmm. then I think that is, if they get it down to, let's say, like a two, I think that's where we're really going to start seeing this implemented into this next, the new eyeglass hardware. Sure. And if Apple can figure out a way to get the cost down to about what a new iPhone is, mm-hmm. then the masses are going to love it. But just like everything that is brand new, that is really, you know, revolutionary. It's gonna take time, and not everybody's gonna be able to afford it at the same time. That's just not how, you know, things work. So you have to make sales to figure out with R and D in order to get R and D to figure out how to shrink things down and get the cost down and and whatnot. So right, that's a different podcast for a different day. <laughs> Uh, anywho, I go in about that. Uh, it's nice to know that I still got some smarts from my uh, business management college days. There so, you go. I mean, anywho, uh, next up, you guys, we are looking at the real time lyrics are actually finally available in the Spotify app. So, as we know, Apple ha- Music has had them since I think iOS 14. Or 14.1, if I'm not mistaken. It's still in a work in progress on the Apple Music app, but I do know a lot of you out there are spot heavy Spotify users, and this is going to be a welcome for you. As I know everybody that gets that hears a decent song on the radio, if there is anything that exists anymore, then you can actually learn the words in real time right away the second that it gets released to the public. <laughs> Uh, next up is the Federal Trade Commission is suing NVIDIA and their purchase of ARM. And we've talked about NVIDIA on previous podcasts where they are a huge uh, company that they produce graphics card chips. And they produce all these graphic cards for all your PC games and uh even like your your big time gaming consoles and crypto and mining, crypto mining, don't forget and that. Crypto mining, yes, yep. which is another conversation for another day. Yep. Especially with something that I just uh, discovered today, by the way, that I didn't know was a thing with Bitcoin mining. But again, another day, and that I imagine is going to be blocked because that pretty much would make the uh, chip manufacturers. A two-person game where it's it's Intel and it's uh, gonna be Nvidia. Whereas, uh, if you guys haven't listened to previous episodes or we haven't explained it before, but ARM is the company that produces these M1 chips that uh, that Apple is responsible for. They're the ones that are fabricating these things. Well, they they ARM ARM actually licenses the arch like comes up with the base. Um, drawings that Apple and everybody else go off and create their chips from. 
and every there are so many arm chips in the world that if if that was all held by nvidia they would control the market they they would have an incentive to charge more and do things that would be anti-competitive it's a really concerning thing if they get in there and start mucking around with things because they could actually tell apple that they can't use that system anymore or they have to use something that's older or charge them you know more money than they're willing to to charge and so you're right then they'd have to look at like apple or or i'm sorry at intel or somebody else and so it's a it's a big deal it's a really big deal and even if even if the ftc didn't step in you've also got other parts of the world whether it's the european union or other places that could step in as well and stop this uh including because i think arm is actually a british company so there's the whole eu well i guess brexit right there there britain would have to make up their own mind but anyway it's uh it's definitely got a lot of regulatory items that that are going to potentially block this and i think that's probably good i i'm with you i i think it is not good to to have them have that power yep and ladies and gentlemen, that's why we keep this as a factual basis show. So even if I have my facts wrong, I know that Seth is going to come through in the clutch <laughs> and save me. <laughs> Anywho, uh, last thing on your guys' quick news rundown, and probably in in our eyes the most important, is we announced uh, not in the quick news rundown, of, I think, what, two episodes ago or last week's episode, that the tile company was actually mm-hmm. purchased by another company called life 360 again they're going to maintain all the same branding but it was actually uh, i guess announced today or uh whatever you want to call it that life 360 actually sells precise user location data to anybody who wants it basically is what it comes down to so Again, another reason why the AirTag is such a huge competitive advantage and it's such a it's even more of a superior product now because you know that your information is going to be safe. But just keep that in mind, Tile company now owned by Life60, they sell your precise user location to pretty much anybody and everybody. A lot like a few other companies that have recently changed their name. We're not going to point them out or anything like that, but you know who we're talking about. Rhymes That's with, it for... with Race Rook. <laughs> or Beta. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys, that's your guys' quick news rundown for tonight. Now, as far as the deep dive, like I said, you know, we're getting into the smart home ecosystem or the, I guess, the second and third level of what I would consider the Apple ecosystem is you're now we're going to be on the surface here and you're looking at what could potentially be a basically another whole entire cost tier 
to the Apple ecosystem that would basically double what you're already spending on your Apple devices if you're just to go hardware only like, you know, the HomePod mini, Apple Watch, iPhone and an iPad or any of the combinations, you know, with the MacBook. So tonight we want to give you guys some tips on some things, some costs, what hardware to look for and the apps that go along with it to, to because build a smart home, right? to build a smart home that you're not going to have to worry about making changes to six down six months down the road yeah. so because the, there is a way that if you and this is kind of the the number one tip that i would go with is to make sure that whatever device that you buy for your smart home make sure that you're not going out and getting the most cheapest version because chances are and I'm speaking from my own experience where six months down the road or eight months down the road, then those devices just may stop working. But hey, you got a smart light bulb for, for $5 or $9 and it does whatever you tell it to. But if it's done in six months, then it wasn't really worth it. And again, I got a quote who is becoming my favorite tech guy right now, Sagi, tech gear guy. Uh, he he says it all the time. Buy it nicer, buy it twice. That's right. my number one tip for you guys. Seth, what do you got? So I think really what it comes down to is depending on the item, right? You you kind of probably want to buy some of these things and be thinking about what you want to buy, kind of in in pieces because you don't necessarily need to get it all at once. But if you know, as an example, that you, that you want to be able to use Siri or you want to be able to use Alexa or whatever it is, uh, you want to make sure that all of the devices that you start buying support that. So in my case, I wanted it to be HomeKit compatible. So I had to make sure that everything I was buying was HomeKit compatible. Then you think about, well, how what what in my house do I want to be smart, right? Do I want all the lights in the house to be smart? Do I want the light switches to be right? The light bulbs, those kinds of things. So you, you think about what what part of your house do you want smart? Is it a specific room? Maybe where you have your TV and entertainment stuff, you want that all to be controllable? Or maybe you want your bedroom to be able to be laying in bed and tell it to turn the lights on and off and the fan or whatever, right? So you you might pick an area of the home. You can get locks that will unlock or lock with HomeKit. I would personally say that the Yale locks are the, the ones that I prefer that don't they're deadbolts but they don't actually have a key and the reason I like those is because you can't pick them you literally can't break into the deadbolt with a with a homemade bump key or any of those tricks about lock picking because it doesn't have a spot to put those so for me you know you count up how many doors you have that you want that to be and they're about $200 each. 
So again, you might only do that to your front door and only as an afterthought or at the very end. For me, I, I said, no, you know what? I'm going to invest all of my doors are going to be these Yale locks, and I did them all at the same time. You have to make sure that you get the ones that actually say home kit because there's right with locks, whether it's August or Yale or Quickset or any of those, they all have different features depending on whether they're HomeKit or Alexa or Google. So make sure you pay attention to that. That's a definitely a tip. The, Would you say that, that the, the, the smart lock is going to be your first purchase? Would you, is that your recommendation? You know, I would say maybe a doorbell, which is also two or three hundred dollars, depending on whether it is, say, a ring or something else. Right? The thing, the thing that I wanted was a doorbell that had the secure video. And quite honestly, there's only one available, which is the Logitech Circle View doorbell. And I want to say it's about $230 or, so, or thereabouts, but it does the secure video. And that means that it's, even though it goes into the cloud, it's encrypted and you're the only one that can see it. So unlike if it were, I've had the Google nest cam and then they get to know everything about your when when they're you know as they basically can analyze see and analyze the the video and if you don't think they're doing that with youtube you're wrong and so they already know how to do it with a video from a doorbell so anyway i i just i preferred the security knowing that that was staying encrypted and for my eyes only so I would say probably everybody starts with a doorbell, right? And if you're if you're wanting to do the Apple ecosystem, the Logitech Circle View doorbell is an awesome device. It does if you have the HomePod minis. The that's the other part of this that a lot of times gets overlooked. If you're going to use the doorbell you probably want to have uh, the the HomePod mini or, or the full-size HomePod at least one of them in your house because when you ring the doorbell you can set it up to ring the HomePod so ding dong it makes a noise if you have an Apple that's TV, good yeah if you have an Apple TV when somebody rings the doorbell it actually shows a video picture-in-picture on your Apple TV of the video off of your doorbell in real time and it's super fast like I would really recommend that I was I was literally in the bedroom watching TV with the wife somebody came and rang the doorbell and I could see exactly who it was and I was like oh man I need to talk to them so I jumped up and ran out and so that's really handy garage door openers door locks all of those things are controllable if you have a HomePod where you can tell Siri to close the garage, to lock the front door, to do those things. And there's automations where you can tell it to open and close and do different things. So along with getting some smart home items, getting a HomePod 
or HomePod Mini is going to be critical. You kind of you kind of want to. I mean, you could use your phone. There's nothing wrong with using your phone, but there's it's really nice when you have a few of these scattered around your house, and you can just start saying to set timers to open, mm -hmm. you know, turn do different things, do different tasks. And, and it can just do them for you. You know, turn off the kitchen yep. lights or turn on the fan. Or As I discovered, if, if you assign a HomePod to a room and you have other smart devices in that room, like lights or fans or whatever, and you say turn on the fan or turn off the lights, if it's assigned to the same room that those lights or, or fan are in, then you don't have to say the name of the room. You just say turn off the lights or turn off the fan and boom, it does it. So there's contextual commands, I guess I would call them, that are available with the home pods when you get your smart home, when you start setting it up. Yep. The light and bulbs, you, I you, agree. You, you talked about light, light bulbs. Talk, talk to me a little bit about your experience with those, Josh. I, that would say that would be if I was a brand a newbie, you know, mm -hmm. to let's say the tech world or to this whole entire, you know, smart home thing. I would that that's the where I would start is, is with a smart light bulb and I would start with a smart outlet. Those two things. Okay. And a HomePod mini or a couple of HomePod yep. minis. And the reason why is because I feel like if you're setting other things up and you're getting into automations, I think that's to me at least that's let's say that's like level three of this thing sure or you know or level two so at least if you start with those two or three items or uh, pieces of hardware then you can get used to the flow of things and how it works and then you don't have to worry about you know information overload mm -hmm. plus it's going to be a lot more friendlier on your budget or on your wallet so which, and, which bulbs, you know, are there any particular ones that you would recommend? You know, if it has the HomeKit label on it, mm -hmm. then I'm all about it. Okay. You know, again, I have so some many. in my Amazon cart. Yeah. You know, there's so many out there. I Again, I can't stress, you know, that don't go cheap. That you the cheapest that you can find. But I think I have a couple of light bulbs that are in my Amazon cart right now just a two pack for like 30 bucks that's kind of the range that i would start with just because i think if you read the reviews on it then you're going to know it's going to last you more than a year and it gets all the color changing options it's uh, alexa enabled google home it's uh siri enabled all of that so is that i would start philips, with that is that the philips hue maybe i want to say those are uh, a little pricier but yeah, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's Philips. Mm -hmm. To be honest, mm -hmm. I can't remember who it was off the what the name of the brand is off the top of my head, sure, which sure. is That's fine. baffling me. By the way, <laughs> but then you also have you know smart outlets that you're gonna want to spend probably twenty bucks or so, where you'll get two or three outlets out of it. And like you said, Seth, I'm starting with a small space or like a yeah. small room. So with with my particular situation, I'm. In uh, this holiday season, I'm looking at going to that second level of of you know where I'm currently at now with you know outlets and 
and lights. You go beyond that at this point. So I'm working on this little small office space and in, in the bedroom, and then also my wife's uh, craft room. I'll get some smart things going in there, so that way uh, we could just you know intercom. Uh, yeah. Over the home pods, what we need to be done. If you need to turn the lights off, we could do right. so, and you know, and what have you. But again, I think that in your case, you can't put a price on on peace of mind. So I think you know, starting with the the home security system and the lock, whether it be the the doorbell and an outdoor camera, then. I think that's all or a lock, you know, that those are great places to start as well. Just depends on the person and what your needs are right now. Yeah, definitely. And then if you really want to get into it, you can start looking at light switches. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, that's level four. <laughs> that's level four. And anytime if you're just doing like the smart outlets, those are fantastic. You you mentioned that, and I, I didn't even think about the fact that there are indoor smart outlets and outdoor smart outlets. And I have one that I have plugged in now for the Christmas tree and one outside for the outside decorations. And the cool thing about that is you can set up automations. So if you want your Christmas tree to turn off after everybody goes to bed, like maybe at midnight or something, you can create an automation that says, when the sun goes down, turn my tree, Christmas tree on and turn it off at midnight or whatever. You can create yep. these really neat automations. And it starts, to me, that's the secret sauce of smart home is create automations that work for you. Create scenes yes. where you can say, like, my wife loves it when I that she can be in bed and say, good night and it locks the doors closes the garage turns off the lights and turns on the fan in the bedroom like <laughs> you know uh that's i will just say right there that that gets used almost every every single night the command to siri to say good night and just knowing Sometimes we have left a garage door open or a door downstairs didn't lock or whatever the case is that it's actually telling you that it's doing those things or, or you hear it happening and you know that everything in your home is secure now. So absolutely, that's when you add the home automations to your smart home devices, whatever they are. That's the secret sauce that really makes your home feel like a smart home, in my opinion. And it, I can tell you this as uh, a person that is, you know, relatively new to the whole smart home world. I, I haven't had anything smart for long, and so I'm even still getting used to it. It takes mm-hmm. some getting used to because you're changing your habits. Right. You're you're you know i'm still in the doing things that you know that i could just tell siri to do right when you know i'm still kind of getting used to that and not having that all the time just because we never had that growing up you know we're 80s babies you know we played outside until mom came looking for us when we were out past our curfew you know that's our age so again everybody has different needs just really ask yourself these questions 
what are my needs now and what is going to be within my budget on this current living space that you're in or office space you know those are the types of things you really got to ask yourself so that way you're not you know a thousand dollars deep into this ecosystem when all along you only need to spend three or four hundred dollars you know and that's just a lot of money just you know being thrown away for something that you're not going to use and i could tell you this there are smart home devices out there that i know i would never use at this exact moment and the light switches are one i know i wouldn't use those right now sure and that's fine but again getting used to the apple ecosystem that's kind of or to the smart home Mm -hmm. os is why i kind of recommend starting you know on a smaller scale that way you can get used to it and it starts to become a less of a habit or more of a habit to start using these automations that you're mentioning seth yeah yeah the automations are are really are really in my opinion the the biggest tip that we can do is that we can share with you is is you know creating those automations to really do things and make your what you have work for you I just I just think that is such an important part of any smart home. The garage door opener, I have it set up so that when I leave home, if I get to the end of the street, it actually will close the garage doors for me and open them when I drive up. So it's sensing that I'm getting within a geofence, within a certain... Uh, radius of my home and it automatically opens or closes now yes i can still use my garage door opener but i don't have to and so to your point josh about kind of relearning habits and things like that when i get up to the up to the turning onto the main street from my house which is uh, a little over 100 feet away let's say 200 feet away when if it sees that everybody in the house has left then it closes all the shades, it turns off all the lights, it locks all the doors, it makes sure that everything's shut in the house, right? So those are automations. That's what makes your house feel smart. And it just does those things. So when you come home, yeah, you got to open the shades or turn on the lights or do whatever, but that's your cue that it that it worked. So the home automations yes. are are just fantastic for that. Yep. Good stuff, man. Uh, that is, you know, very, very good stuff. You know, oh. very good information that you guys can are going to need. And, and I it's information that one, I'm going to need. And I only use one app, <laughs> the, the, the Apple Home app. If you have to use five different, six different apps to control all of your devices, you're kind of not going to be able to take advantage of a lot of this. So you need to make yep, sure. I'm that glad every- you mentioned that. Yeah, you need to make sure everything you get will work with the Home Kit, will work with the Home app, or with the Google, oh, uh, yeah, yep. or with the with- Google Home app. You know, whatever ecosystem or Amazon or Alexa, whatever it is right. that you you get the ones because I 
was at a point where I had, you know, two different apps just for my light bulbs. Like I think I had like five light bulbs at one point. I had two different apps between the two of them and it was just, it just wasn't efficient and it was kind of annoying. And again, going back and just, you're not, like you said, you're just not going to use it and it's a pain and none of it worked for the home kit app. So now, you know, I'm at a point where, you know, I got, uh, my, main family room tv hooked up to my home kit app and you know these smart levels smart light bulbs and outlets will be on there too and just like i said you know read the box you yep. don't rush to buy it read the box because it's going to show you along with the the company symbol basically or what the app symbol looks right. like uh for the device that you are going to be or looking at purchasing yep just make sure they all work with the same system all of them if if something you're looking at doesn't it then you have to skip it you have to find out something else that's going to do the same thing maybe but from a different brand i mean you just you can't get sucked in oh man this really looks great and then oh but it doesn't work on the system i've invested all all the rest of my things in yeah you don't want the one thing that doesn't Yep. Just going to get ex- annoying at that point. The only exception I will make for that, the Nest thermostat. I I really, really like the Nest thermostat. And there are it does not work with Apple HomeKit compared to everything else. But that's the one exception I've made because I feel like I can I can use the Nest app or manually go control the thermostat. But I every time I do that, I wish that it worked in HomeKit. I really wish that oh, it yeah, did. I bet. Yeah. So anyway. There are exceptions, it. people. But don't stray too far from that's the right. one exception. So that's, that's what we're pointing across is here. Uh, Seth, I don't really have anything else. I think we covered it pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, I think we're over for today. So I just I thank everybody for listening. Yeah, again, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. Those are the Apple Tech Facts. And as always, please go leave the review in iTunes so that we can climb the charts and one day become the number one tech podcasting app on uh, iTunes. That would be a great honor to get have at the end of the, at the, end of the year. So uh, make sure you go follow us on uh, Twitter, at Apple Tech Facts, and Instagram, Apple Tech Facts Pod, P-O-D. So until then, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.